0: Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Business Talk Library, and today we have a great guest on because if you're looking to build a podcast or you're looking to build your message or build your business, Jeremy Slate is a guy you definitely want to pay attention to. He's a guy that I've been paying attention to, so I am extremely honored to have him on with the phenomenal success that he's having and then just to really dive into how has he been able to achieve and maintain that success. So welcome to the show, Jeremy.
1: Hey, thank you so much, man. And I, I honestly, I don't know if you saw like, my, my reaction. I'm like, damn, he's listening to me. So I really appreciate that, that you say like, you know, you know you've, you've been you know, checking out what I've been doing as well, because I'm just trying to help a lot of people to make a really big impact, man, because that's how I myself, you know, as a, as a finite human get to make an impact.
0: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. yeah. It's definitely been an honor. Like I said, for me, my background is accounting and finance. So podcasting, just kind of really getting my message out that way. It's not something you usually see a lot of accountants do. That's
1: really true because you have to worry, um, you know, a lot about, um, you know, what you can and can't say. And there's a lot of regulations around that. Like, so like more power to you when you can, when you can get through a lot of the compliance and stuff like that, man. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so I've been very, very, very encouraged, like I said, in seeing the great guests that you've had on. I mean, you, like I said, we were just talking before, you know, we came on live. I mean, of, you know, the guests that you had on from the FBI, I mean, and I mean, all of the other amazing guests that you've had on I me mean, with that Grant Cardone on. I mean, there's just been a ton of just great guests and great episodes in your library. So I definitely want to hop into that. But before we jump into that you know tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about you know your background how'd you even get into what you're doing now
1: it's like a Beatles song man it's kind of like a long and winding (laughs) road you know what i mean because because here's the here's the wild thing about it right is for me like my master's is in ancient history like go figure who does that um i studied literature at new college oxford i did uh i did uh catholic literature which is really interesting and I came out and I, I was like teaching high school because I had applied to one PhD program. I didn't get in and I, my, my goal was teaching college. So I ended up teaching high school in a private school. So I didn't have a teaching certificate. I didn't have any experience, anything like that. So I was like burned out in like two years. And then in 2012, my mom ended up having a really bad stroke. And it made me look at a lot of what I was doing and like realizing like, is this kind of it, right? Like, is this the, the final impact I'm going to have? And it made me really start to look for something bigger and something different. And, and, and really, what could I do with that? So it went through a lot of different things, man. Like I had an in-home personal training service, which I learned you should probably charge people more than you're paying for gas to get to their house. You're not going to make money that way. So that was my first accounting lesson was, was charge more than it's costing you. Um, I also had a network marketing business where I basically taught everybody that I know how to not like me. I, um, <laughs> I, uh, sold life insurance, which I was darn good at. I'll be honest with you. I was very good at selling life insurance, but it was, it's difficult to have those type of conversations with people all the time, because, you know, you are talking about the finality of life. It's very, you know, to people that can do it more power to them, but it felt really morbid to me. And then the, the kind of my last shot was selling products on Amazon. You know, I was private labeling them and selling them on Amazon. And when I launched a new product, you would sell your product for a dollar to try and like get some reviews and stuff like that. But I left that promo code on my actual product listing. So I lost everything I had for less than I even paid to buy it in, you know, like under 20 minutes to the exact same address in Maryland. So to that guy out there, I will find you one day. Um, But that was the end of my business. So I was kind of like, what do you do from here? And I'd been a podcast. This is around 2014. I had been a podcast listener since um, 2007. I'd always like loved different shows. A lot of them are audio books at that point in time. So I started working at a friend's marketing firm. And I, I, just as a hobby, I started a p- uh, podcast. The first version was not so good. I quit in about 60 days, but the second version, create your own life is what I'm doing today. And it's, you know, really taken off.
0: Awesome, man. You know, that's what, one of those things that I think is very interesting when you hear about people that, you know, that started, you know, podcasting years ago. And, and like I said, they're still doing it because at some point people are saying, you know, is podcasting a fad thing yeah. that will just go away? What are your thoughts on that?
1: So here's the thing I think, right? And I th- think you can look at this in any single industry and that's kind of the cream is always going to rise to the top, right? The, the, the best version of what you're doing is always going to rise to the top. I, I was literally just talking to, to John Lee Dumas about this today because um, he's, you know, he's created one of the f- first seven day shows back in 2012 and he's done a good job at that. But since then, a lot of people have tried to do exactly what he's done, right? And, and I think that's kind of the problem is you have a lot of people trying to just duplicate others. But when you are different, and uniquely yourself and really try to show up in a place of education, you can stand out. But there's so few people that actually do that. I think it's gonna be a great opportunity for a really long time. So I think as long as you're being unique and different, it's a really great opportunity, but you have to be unique and different or there's kind of no reason to start.
0: You know, that's a really good point because it it makes me think about uh, I have a friend that is in radio and it's one of those things that I I think about even with radio where it's like at one point when it first came out, it was really, really, really successful. And over time, there was a lot of people that tried it. They weren't that great at it. It's like only the really good people are still in it and doing very well. So, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely relate to that.
1: Well, it, it, and it, because I, I think too many people want to know, like, what's the formula? What's the way you do it? What's the, and, but they, they're, they're looking at it as just another channel to get my content out when really you should be creating unique and special content for this type of medium. And, and I think that's why a lot of radio stations haven't seen the success they wanted to see with kind of rushing into podcasts and, you know, just repurposing their, their episodes on the show. So unless you're a super fan of that radio show and you miss it, you really don't have a reason to listen to it. So I think it really is about creating unique content from a viewpoint of, hey, this is for podcasting.
0: Now, I guess with that mindset, how did you go about, you know, getting your team to understand that? Because, you know, you often hear a lot of people talking about, hey, you know, just repurpose this content for this. Just take this and just cut it or, hey, videotape your or or I guess you say film your podcast and repurpose it for this. Like, how did you get your team to grasp that mindset that, hey, each platform probably needs a, a different type of vibe or a different feel to it?
1: honestly, it's because there wasn't a team in the beginning. You know, the the first two years was really me doing everything. You know, the last three and a half, it's it's been having a team. So I think that's actually been the key to it, is establishing what I want done in each individual area and doing those myself. But then at the same time, making sure you're documenting that. That's where a lot of people actually mess up, is they miss that documentation step. You know, and that is if they're doing it themselves or they bring somebody else in. But if you bring somebody else in and you haven't documented, they're just going to do what they think they need to do. And it doesn't mean they're wrong or anything like that. But if you've already figured out the formula and if you already figured out how it works, then you should be documenting that or it's almost impossible to give away. And I find as as well, people and and as I was telling you before we started recording, I'm like maniacal about documenting things. You have to understand that there's different modalities and ways of learning as well. So I do a lot of screenshots. I do a lot of screen recordings, you know, where you're actually narrating what's happening on the screen. And we do a, a, a Google Doc where it's kind of a full write-up of what's done as well. And I like Google Docs because they're living documents. So you can kind of change them and edit them as you see necessary. And any videos, trainings I'm doing, they're very short. They're two to five minutes. And that's the reason of that being a process can change and I don't wanna have to do a whole hour video or something like that. So you have to really think about these things when you're bringing in somebody else to do something for you. That's why I'm always a big proponent of doing it myself first before I give it away. <laughs>
0: I guess, did you become maniacal because you started hiring people and you ran into roadblocks or was that something you kind of picked up before you started hiring?
1: You know, it's, I think it was from speaking to, like, I've had a lot of successful friends in business before I started a business. And, and one of the biggest things that I've always had hammered into my head is if you fail to fully write up a job or fully, you know, document a job, you are forever going to carry part of that. And we see a lot of business owners doing that, right? Like, Hey boss, I don't know how to do this, or, you know, I don't know how to do that, or I don't know how to do this, or, you know, I don't know what to do in this situation. And that's often because the person hasn't figured out how to educate someone else on how to do that. So because I had kind of observed everyone else and, you know, all my friends, like how to do this and what was happening and and really absorbed a lot of that, I really was looking at okay so i'm going to tell somebody exactly what to do here and help them in a way that if they need to make a decision they even know how to make it and i think that's really important as well because you're always going to end up having people come back to you and you're never going to fully be out of a job
0: no i think that's a really good point i guess do you think people struggle with that because they either don't want to let stuff go or they just don't know or you know why do you think people have a challenge with that
1: well, you know, there's there's two parts to that. There, there's two different reasons for that. The first being exactly what you said, like some people just don't want to let it go. Um, like I have a friend with a, with a very successful marketing firm that's only going to go so far because, you know, that person always wants to be in the design area. Well, you're never going to fully hire somebody to be a designer then because you want to be there and you're always going to have that there. So I think that's a problem. So that's one part of it. The other part of it is... Um, P- we kind of assume that other people know things. Do you know what I mean? Like we, we, un- we assume that other people have what's in our heads and you have to realize that everybody approaches everything from a different, you know, perspective and things like that. So honestly, when I've created job descriptions um, that I, it, and this is going to sound weird, but I'm a huge Nirvana fan. I listened to an interview uh, that Kurt Cobain had, you know, back in the early nineties, but, you know, when he was still around and he talked about, if you want to write a really successful song, write it on a fifth grade level. And that's the same thing when you're writing a job description. You wanna write everything as if you're explaining it to a fifth grader and and anybody that walks in there should then be able to do that. But I think too often we think, okay, somebody's gonna know the basics of this. They're gonna know this part. They're gonna know that part. And we assume people know things that they don't know. So because of that, we're kind of like, it's like throwing them right into the middle of it. And they're like, uh, how did I get here? You know what I mean?
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. No, I think that makes a lot of sense because I think about when I was uh, working in my our corporate job before I started my own firm and, you know, the first time I hired someone, I mean, it was, it was a little bit of a disaster the first month. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because I'll be honest, I, I wasn't really prepared for to really handle, like there were things that needed to be done. I knew yeah. they needed to be done, but I really didn't set them up for success. To where- yeah. Well, I,
1: I think we all do that, though. And that's why I'm laughing, because like, yes, I talk about writing up these great processes and things like that. But the, the way to figure it out, what people don't know, is just give it to somebody and you'll find those holes right away. That's why I know even for like some of the initial jobs with my podcast, because my podcast was a business before my business was a business is we worked with interns first because that was kind of an easy way to work out like what's what's broken here before you actually hire somebody to put there. So at least that's what's worked for me.
0: Gotcha. No, I, I love it. I love it. Now, speaking of the, the podcast, you know, being a business beforehand, like, you know, at, at what point when you started podcasting, did you decide like, hey, we're ready to transition this into a business? Or did you start off with that mindset?
1: It was a, a, just a hobby, man. Like I said, I had failed at all these different things and, This was kind of a way for me to just have some creativity and some, you know, kind of communication line with the world. So that was just what it was. But then we started getting people to say, hey, I'd like to advertise with you. I'd like to, you know, do this with you. We started getting all these pitches and things like that. So I started realizing I was going to have to educate myself about a lot of things about this. Now, when I say the podcast was a business, it's not like I was like, you know, rolling in the bucks initially. (laughs) Um, You know, it was it was great because it covered some of the hosting and things like that. So at least you're looking at it from that viewpoint. But, you know, the real, you know, what we do now and what our agency is and everything else came out of people saying to me, hey, can you do this for me in terms of like creating a podcast for me? It was really like when that transition happened. So we did this kind of done for you podcast model. And it was a little a little overenthusiastic because we built their website. We did their social media. We scheduled their guests. We edited their interviews. We got them on podcast before they launched their show. So it was. I wasn't making it, you know, once again, this is my big accounting lesson. You should probably charge somebody more than something costs you. was something that I, I learned early on. Like, you should not be coming negative when you're selling somebody a product. But that was the first version of what we did. And we honestly found that a lot of our clients were like, hey, this is great, but I'd rather just go on podcasts. So we really just focused on that and doubled down on that. So so that was really you know, where it became a more serious business because, you know, honestly, I say that the podcast was a business. It was just a little bit more of a, a better organized hobby, honestly. Sure. So I, I think for me, I wouldn't see as what we do as a legitimate business and, and until we became Commander Brand in, in 2016. Mm-hmm.
0: Gotcha. So now with Commander Brand, I mean, after, like I said, going through that trial of, hey, we're trying all this. And like I said, we have this amazing package, then getting customer feedback. So with Commander Brand, you know, how would you describe what Command Your Brand is and does now?
1: So we call ourselves the PR firm for the podcast space because there's a lot of companies that like book podcasts, but we're really looking at it from a different viewpoint. And the reason I say that is because, um, you know, my co-founder has been in the PR space for, you know, well over 10 years at this point in time, and then I have kind of the podcaster viewpoint. So with that coming together, we're making sure we're respecting the integrity of shows, but at the same time, like a lot of what we've created for shows are things that I've demanded as a host. So we've really tried to kind of do that as well, but we're trying to get people the right positioning, teach them how to be a great interview, teaching them what to do with interview content. So a lot of this is really, really important stuff. And it's just, I don't really think anybody's quite doing it like we are. Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome. So now if people are interested in the services, um, how do they get in touch with you guys? Where do they find you online? How does all that work?
1: Yeah, so um, we're over at commandyourbrand.com um, and they can set up a, a, a call with either Drew or Marissa on our team and I'll kind of take them through the whole process and everything like that. Um, so that's gonna be the, you know, the best way for them to, to contact us and you know see how things work.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Now, as far as your podcast goes, um, how can people? what do people search for? What platforms are they looking for that podcast on?
1: So we're, we're literally everywhere. Um, the two main places people listen to us are Apple podcasts and Spotify, but we are the create your own life show. And you can find us, you know, either one of those, or you can just go to createyourownlife.com and that'll, you know, take you to, to any platform you possibly want to find the show on.
0: Awesome. Now with Create Your Life podcast, you know, what are people expecting when they listen? I mean, they've heard my, my spiel on it, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. What, what should they expect when they listen?
1: So I'm really trying to interview people that are the best at what they do and, and really learn what makes them so. So I'm trying to figure out, like, how do they think? How do they operate? How do they train? And that was you and I were talking about the, uh, you know, former uh, FBI agent that I had on recently. And I, I said to him, like, how does one even train to be good at what you do? You know what I mean? Because like, I I just find that to be extremely interesting. So I want to know those things because so much of that is adaptable to everyone else's life. And you can learn so many lessons where you can cut the learning curve. And that's really what we're trying to do for people. We're trying to empower them to create a life on their own terms, whether that's the business, whether that is, um, you know, as somebody that's an artist, whatever that may be, I, I look at life itself as an art form. and We're trying to help people be better artists of that.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, Jeremy, before we wrap up one last question, um, I know you've given us a ton of value for, especially for business owners. Um, but one final question is, you know, when you think about, you know, your experience and the, the different things that you've kind of been navigating, what's one final piece of advice that you would share with other business owners?
1: I would say, honestly, you know, really work hard on a good hiring process and how you're building a team. Because in any business, like the people you have is the most valuable thing you have. And without that, you really don't have a business. So I would really say concentrate on the people you're bringing on board and, you know, the team you're creating. It's one of the most valuable things you can ever do.
0: Absolutely. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure of having you in the Business Talk Library. And definitely, I'll tell all of my my listeners, the viewers, definitely go check out your podcast because you guys are doing some great things there. So thanks for coming on.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, man. I hope we are able to help out your people today. Thank you for tuning in to the
0: Business Talk Library. If you like our content, be sure to follow us on social media. And if you want to see more of our exclusive content, you can subscribe and become a member on patreon.com forward slash business talk library. Hey, the business talk library is the place where business makes sense.